Um, this is Austin. This is Christian. And um, at the behest of Tim, one of our patrons, uh, he, um, good dude, and he requested... Um, good dude, backed hard. Yeah, yeah. Um, he requested a, like, song breakdowns. To, to so we've recorded a new version of our song that is all, all breakdowns. breakdowns. Um, we, uh, so yeah, we're going to do that. We're going to do that, and um, we're going to do the first song on the album, Taos Hum. This song was different than most, I think. It turned out yeah. different than most, for sure. It's the only... It's the only, so- I think it's the only song like this that we have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I've always said, like, vibe-wise, it's one of the coolest songs we've ever written. I like it a lot, I want to play that live very badly. Yeah. And we've had requests to play it live. Um, so who knows what will happen. I'm, but, al- I'm always going to be pushing for that. So. Yeah. As we progress through... Uh, you might, you as the listener might hear, um, why it would be more difficult to play live. Not that we never would. It's just, uh, it would take some doing, but, um, it, it's a whole thing. Yeah. Um, and let's talk about that whole thing. Let's get into the whole thing. (laughs) Um, it started as a Brian riff. Yeah. Do you remember that? Because primarily like I will write a guitar part or a demo version of a song and this song um came from brian's demoing he said you know i i think i'm gonna take a crack at it mm-hmm. and he recorded like a few videos of some riffs on an acoustic guitar yeah and <laughs> they were all awesome <laughs> yeah yeah the so before the videos because the videos were instructional like explaining how to play it because they there are two variants that both show up in the song um are you talking about timing wise well you got the right before the solo that was the first version and then the kind of tag on the end that's just kind of at the very end of the whole thing um both were in the same voice memo or i you know i don't know where where or how he recorded it what you're saying um, <clears throat> but it went like this. So Man. Right, right off the bat, you're like, well, he's going to have to tell me what the count is for that. Yeah, I'm gonna I got so frustrated yeah. with that part. Yeah, it's... Um, Le- like, practicing it and recording it. Yeah, it's not super straightforward. The, the So there's actual anger in there. <laughs> <laughs> like, for real. <laughs> the uh, So the, the left hand for the guitars and bass, fairly straightforward. Um... Because you're just there's three notes, or, or like two chords and like an open rung out open thing, um, but the timing is 
heinous. Like it's just it doesn't. So yeah, he's he then sent a him playing it on an acoustic, like a video, so that um, Dan and I could figure out what it was he was doing exactly. Because um, sometimes it's fun to guess. Yeah. Like maybe I can find a different place to play this and yeah. it'll be easier. Nope. It's uh, the chords are like inverted. It's like those like real nasty like metal chords mm-hmm. that are just they're very dissonant and angry sounding. Yeah, it's Brian doesn't really listen to that kind of music. So something so doomy, I was like, wow. Yeah. That's wild. It's also cool because he's creating something that he thinks would fit with us. Like you get a good look at another musician's take on like a riff that I would write or something yeah. like that. And in my opinion, it's like the craziest one. Like it reminds me of hyenas in that it's in that same kind of register right. and real chaotic and impossible to like write <laughs> like yeah. uh, melodies over or anything, which is fine. It makes it even more fun. And then the second piece of that is it the slowest song we have? It's got. I I feel like it is. Yeah, probably. And even if it isn't, it feels like it is. Right. So that's. Yeah, and we'll get into that in a second too, because the intro, I have no idea like why why it fits like it does, but it it worked really well. Um, yeah, the second riff is this. So, I ended up flipping those and putting that in front of the solo. The way that he wrote this makes total sense, um, like building an intensity or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the way that we recorded the beginning, the droning kind of notes that we'll get into in a second, jumping into a real straightforward, like, like that thing felt really good and then it opens back up into the guitar solo yeah which is just played over the chorus chords and that's a it felt good it felt good to get like a real dissonant crazy thing and then open wide up uh into the guitar solo yeah just going off feeling you know? yeah it feels like a there's like a steady pace throughout the whole first section and then that that heavy part punches you in the face yeah and then there's like relief or at, or at least spaciousness in the guitar solo that feels really good yeah and that solo is so dope i don't i, I, I don't like listen i don't listen to deftones like at all but i was just like i feel like that's what deftone sounds like yeah i mean there are a few different um points on this album that i not even like intentionally was like, I'm gonna go Deftones. I'm gonna lean toward Deftones in the following songs or whatever. Yeah. But in this and Ultrabismal, this one gives me um, Diamond Eyes uh, vibes. Diamond Eyes vibes. And that's, that's a that's a Deftones album. That's okay. the one. Don't remember the year it came out, but a lot of this kind of stuff. A lot of like droney. Kind of, um, I think they all play seven strings. 
Mm-hmm. If not, they're tuned to like low, you know, like A or B or something. Um, but yeah, that this turned out kind of like that. And then Ultrabismal, the other single, reminds me of a um, song called Swerve City. And it was just a thing that I noticed after the fact. Um, because I don't usually listen to music while I'm writing. Right. Because I'll just end up, you know... But somebody snuck in some Deftones. Yeah. Well, yeah. Your neighbor was playing it really loud (laughs) while you were sleeping. (laughs) Uh, So the next step in this was to figure out how to make Brian's pieces uh, fit into a song context. And if you've heard the other songs so far that we released, um, Harsh Strides in particular, it's like riff after riff. And so my first thought was to do that. And just that was really fun to practice. I remember figuring that out here, yeah. and just playing those three parts. Yeah, that was really fun. Um, but yeah. we but we never put it together until <coughs> we were in the studio. I think that's right because because we that was one of the whiteboard songs. Was it? Yep. Okay. Because I definitely have this. Yeah, that makes sense. Because we even ended up changing the beat. Because it was going to be that weird four, I think it's four, five, four. It was going to be that weird timing mm-hmm. all throughout the first verse. Yeah. And then Will was like, I I think you got to lock into just a simpler. Which was a great note. Because yeah. the, you and I, particularly, all through the writing, were like, can we make this a weird timing? If we can, let's yeah. force it. Let's we just do said, something We said weird. yes to so many things yeah. on this record. Um, just because. And, and I would like to do one of these rundowns of brisk too because the demo of brisk is like the most ridiculous straightforward yeah the first version is just straightforward four fourth for the whole thing and then it's over and then just in the practicing of it and in the running through the parts we're like can we take out a beat at the end of the third or the second fourth phrase can we add a beat to the you know the kind of yeah, we were like, what's different about this part? What's different about this part? What's yeah. different about this part? Until the, what, like, minute 45 song has no set, <laughs> like, time signature, really. I mean, it's yeah. like, if you were trying to count there along, There were so impossible. many of those with this record mm-hmm. where, like, we had to <laughs> we had to sit and figure out the click for a minute. Because mm-hmm. it was like, okay, now we're in the third change. Are we going back to the tempo? Right, yeah. To that it was at the start. I mean, it makes sense because it's kind of the same riff. But no, it leads into this part, so it's actually a couple beats slower. Yeah. And it's all just to make the end product kind of flow. Well, and, every and but yeah, every part's got a. There was such a. There was such a adjust this, and that feels great. Yeah. And then now the part before it doesn't. Right. And so it was just like, a, what is the. Yeah, just ironing ironing out the kinks of like so mm-hmm. nothing felt weird. Everything felt good. Everything has to feel good. Yeah. You had mentioned a whiteboard song. So when we went into the studio, we went in a number of times, but um two or three of the times we went in, we had like two songs done that were ready to record and then a project like, song. Yeah, a project song. That's a good way to put it. Um and that's right because we went in with just the music, and it was one of the ones where I did vocals the next time we went in. So we wrote it in we, the studio. We, yeah, and well, we like one of my favorite things we do with Will is the, 
you know, record each part and then arrange it mm-hmm. in Pro Tools yeah. and build your song yeah, and then track it. So there were... A lot of people are probably listening to this like, yeah, no shit. But yeah. I'm just like, I don't, dude, I'm just a drummer. Yeah. No, I mean, it, and it's different in the studio for everybody. I think pop artists go in the studio and maybe have like an idea. Yeah. Like, I just went through a breakup. I want to write a song about that. And then the producer may have a database of like beats and stuff and be like, does this fit your mood? Does this fit your mood? Yeah, how do and we like, feel about this? Yeah. And then... I've seen like the Song Exploder documentary series on uh, Netflix. People like these huge, multi award winning artists that go in the studio with like a concept and then sit. There's footage of like, <laughs> I can't remember who it is, probably Dua Lipa or somebody sitting with a producer being like, What's a good way to say I'm better off without you? But like, what's a good hook? It says, whatever. Uh, and it's crazy that with with heavy music, though, if you don't go in with something, I mean, I get uh, lots of bands going with nothing and they're just prolific enough to write an amazing riff in the studio. But the way that we did it with the project songs, this one had three parts, Brian's thing, a chorus, chorus chords, and then the opening droning thing trying to figure out what the structure would be to make sure none of those parts are boring especially the, in, didn't the chorus chords like come after the fact you i, I feel like it was possible. like a, i and the chorus will be this like you it, it's i mean that possible. makes it sound like it, you just shouted out but like it but i think you were like i feel i feel like this would be the chorus yeah that's possible it might have just been this thing that i'm about to play uh that is all we had when we went in that's possible but <clears throat> i'm gonna play that and it, um, I was listening to it earlier, and then I listened to the final version, and I had that's why I had trouble counting, remembering what the count is, because this yeah. has like no discernible. Like, right. The other thing that I forgot to mention is at the beginning of the quarantine, I bought a baritone guitar with my first stimulus check. With my stimmy. <laughs> and uh, so that, if I remember right, is where the inspiration for that opening, the droning section of the song, the intro and everything, the main part of the song, because I just loved how low it was. It was just insanely low. And I was like, you don't have to 
play much to make this seem just make it feel heavy. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, yeah, I'm going to... And then also we've all talked... I think all of us have expressed interest in writing a real droney song. Um, I know Dan specifically is like, what if we had like a cool droney song? That's usually every time we go in the studio, like, yeah, I want to, I want like a song that's just like droney. <laughs> you know, like, like Radiohead? It could mean anything. You know, Radiohead? Mm-hmm. Yep. Kings of Leon have a couple on the uh, song Crawl. Pretty droney song. But just uh, ended up feeling like a good opening song to the album. Uh, and then the weird timings. Do you remember the origin of the weird timing for the intro? Because I don't that, remember exactly. I mean, we had to basically just count it. You wrote that part, right? That's I wrote, not one of the parts that Brian wrote. Right. But I feel like it was you and I, because a lot of times with the first iteration of a song, Christian and I will get together and... And I think, I'm pretty sure the measures that are five on the final version are four in the demo. Gotcha. And I don't know why... I, I think it's entirely possible that we were just like, hey, waiting to five feels cool. Yeah. Let's yeah. wait to five. Yeah, it might have just been as, as simple as we were trying to make it sound cooler. And w- there was probably... Always. I probably had, yeah. Always trying to make it sound <laughs> cooler. I probably had it written out. What's the... Is it four? Does it start with four? Dun, two, three. Dun, dun, dun. Is that, is that where it turns around? So the first one's three. Yeah. Okay, so three, five, five, four, three? Or three, five, five, three? Three, five, five, three, four? <laughs> I don't know. But basically what we're talking about, if you're not familiar with music, uh, How many like we are, <laughs> we're yeah. clearly familiar because yeah, we're totally. killing it. Um, Experts. But the... So it's like three, three, four is a time signature. So you would count one, two, three, one, two, three, four, five. So it would be three, four, five, four, five, four. I think the last one's three. I think it's three, five, five, three. Yeah. One, two, three, da. So yeah, yeah, it's three, five, five, three. Yeah. Or eight and eight. Right, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. You can reduce it, or, or the opposite of reducing it, or whatever. Um, Combine it? Uh, yeah, redu- yeah. Add. <laughs> <laughs> one of them. PEMDAS, yeah. one of them. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's basically, it was one of those things also, um, in our defense, we wrote it over a year ago, and haven't had an opportunity to play and it the, live. With, every, so. with everything that's going on, <laughs> and with everything that's going on, it just... <laughs> It escapes me. Now more than ever. Now we, more than ever. We have an we excuse can't for remember <laughs> what we did. Have an excuse to not be able to play our own songs. Um, yeah. So we added the weird timings. That definitely happened before we went in the studio because I do not remember wasting like hours and hours no, trying to figure I it out. Rem- we had. That. I remember hashing that out here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for no other reason than we wanted the song to sound cooler and more elaborate. Um, we, we had. That was what it was like. That conversation we just had sure. with the counting. That's what it was like when we were figuring it out. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, this won't be the last time we have this conversation, I oh, guarantee yeah. you. <laughs> yep. Um, and, and this won't be the last time we do that with new songs. Oh, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Write. 
Um, so that brings us to recording it. That's mostly what writing a dead friend song is like, honestly. Yeah, yeah. It's like, where the fuck is the turnaround? <laughs> and if you really can't figure, if you can't feel where the turnaround is, then you got to start counting. Yeah. And so then you got to do some math homework. Well, and then the cool thing about like practicing it a bunch before we go in the studio, even if it's just you and I running through it a million times, then you can stop counting because it's now muscle memory. So yeah, a weird part just, becomes easy. Yeah. You can knock it out in the studio. Uh, and before yeah, we just 2020... Loop, we just loop sections of our songs yeah. until we can play them right, yeah. properly. Um, and then before 2020, that song would be put into rotation in our live set, so then then it stays fresh. Now we have what will end up being uh, an album's worth of songs that we have to relearn, which we're doing now. Yeah, that's what I said when we played with He Is Legend. That's what I said to their drummer when they finished. I was like, damn, man. I I noticed that your entire set is like muscle memory, and that gives you the freedom to just do whatever you want up there. And I I miss show. Yeah. I miss being in show shape mm-hmm. like that. Yep. I mean, yeah, physically and mentally. Yeah. In show shape. You're yeah. just like I'm about to I'm about to rip a gig and not think about anything. Yep. So uh, we go in the studio. We record all the music. Um, we arrange it with Will. Um, which, yeah, like we said, there was probably three songs on the album that we did that with, and it was awesome. It was a great way to do that. Um, it was a nice challenge. Yeah. It, cause it was like, it was the proper amount of scary. Mm-hmm. And we could, yeah, be creative and, uh, not, and not leave the studio feeling like we wasted any time because we in that time also recorded two full songs or I think there was one time we went in with one full song and one project song something like that. Was but. there any other time that it didn't work besides that cover <coughs> we were trying to do? Um, I think that's the only time that, yeah, we left with, uh, sometimes it doesn't work. Yeah. Sometimes she doesn't show up. <laughs> <laughs> so we go in, uh, we crank out the music for this. It turns out great. And then I had the horrendous task of trying to figure out what to do with this song vocally, because other than that, so far all the songs on this album have been heavy. Intense, Heavy, yeah. entirely heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yep, I think I did a demo that I couldn't find that had, it was primarily screaming over it, over the intro and everything. Um... But it really, it really gave like a kind of like a black metal yeah. feel to have that much droning, and then like my scream isn't like a, it isn't like a low doom metal scream, and it's also not like a goth screech, right. so it didn't, it didn't sound cool, um, and it also I don't think would have fit on the album. It would have been weird. So I found some weird melodies. And what I did, this is another thing that I've been asked about a couple of times, because the melodies are not linear with one another. There, there's the main vocal and the harmony kind of weave in and out of each other um, and make it sound real dissonant in a lot of places. And uh, it turned out pretty cool, in my opinion. There's yeah. one part. Um, the first time I heard the master, I was like, wow. It, it ended up being a lot of fun. 
We got the stems. We had the stems from Will Will Beasley. Um, so the the this is the chorus. This is I was asked about this a few times. Um, people trying to figure out what vocals were doing what. So this will be the um, like main melody that I will be singing. Um, I guess if and when we do it live, I'll mm -hmm. be singing the first one. Someone else, I don't know. We're lucky enough to have a few options as, when it comes to backing vocals. Um, we'll be singing the second one you hear, and then the third one you hear will be those two together. Strive in vain to steal yourself So the first one starts lower and then ends higher. So the second one then starts higher and ends lower. Not entirely, but it, it does, uh, does a cool kind of flip-flop. Here's the second one. Striving fame to steal yourself So that is, that one is like affected like crazy too. I didn't yeah. realize that until I listened to it isolated. That he put a lot of like, probably a decapitator yeah. plug in. Sounds about right. Probably a. Some oh, it, sound, of, it sounds very tubular. Yeah. You know, yeah. he put mm -hmm. the tubes on it. Uh, he turned the tube up. <laughs> um, got, yeah, he got those tubes hot. Yeah. So in this one, if you can listen to the two, you can hear the how they uh, go <clears throat> together. Strive in vain to steal yourself. Pretty cool. That turned out pretty cool. I'm proud of that. Cause they, uh, the end, they line up. Yeah. You got a cool linear harmony there at the end. But before that, you, yeah, you can kind of weave in and out. Makes for a cool. Um, okay, so I'm starting to see how this is gonna be difficult to play live. Oh sure, yeah. Yeah. Um, cause I also. Um, I mean, we got it. Like, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening to this, we've already got it. Don't worry. I mean, like, we got it. But. Yeah, I recorded an acoustic version of this song. If you're hearing this, you have heard that probably. Um, that I was lining up Brian and I to play it um, and film us playing it acoustic. So I just demoed out, you know, how it would kind of go. And it was very hard. It was very hard because the harmonies run throughout. <clears throat> um, music. Yeah. It's, <laughs> music is crazy, man. <laughs> I guess... Uh, yeah, let's listen to this solo. I don't have anything to say about it necessarily, but... I think it's, I mean, I'm 
I'm gonna butter your bread here for a second, but I think it's great. I, I, I think it never gets boring. There are a lot of guitar solos that it's just like, okay, guitar solo here, alright, and you feel like you're waiting for the vocals to come back in, but that, you know, I'm sure I'm in the band and I'm attached to it, but, um, but I really do think that if I, that was a guitar solo I heard from another band, I, I, I think that's like, damn, good guitar solo. You're not trying to show off any like shredding capability, it's just very tasteful. It's just very tasteful, I think, and it's dynamic, it's very dynamic. And I'll say, um, I'm not a shredder and that the way that I've written any solo in any band has been piece by piece. And it's usually like what would be a cool melody here Mm -hmm. and then writing the melody and then flourishes surrounding it fills. Um, but yeah, it's usually just being like, okay, what's a cool opening for it? tracking that and then on a different track come in with another riff and then learn that mm-hmm. once it's all laid out because yeah that's not that's not my thing necessarily is shredding um but i i really like the way that that turned out and also um one of the cool it, it didn't start as a solo it was just gonna go after that you know the first of brian's two parts it was gonna go back into the chorus yep and I felt like it needed something different. And I think that was the thing. Like, that ended up being the thing that... Because if yeah, it had gone straight back... Because it's got that nice build-up at mm-hmm. the end of the guitar solo. Yeah. If it uh, if it had just been, like, a double chorus, that might have gotten boring. Mm-hmm. Um, but having the solo meant that uh, going back into the chorus, uh, you you weren't tired of that part either. Like, that's the other thing. For, for such a droney song... There aren't a whole lot of repeated parts besides the verses. Yeah. You get the chorus. Second time you hear the chorus, it's just a piece of a chorus, but with a guitar solo before it. And then you get the two heavy parts that, uh, yeah, keep it pretty fresh. So, yeah, the solo, I'll probably have trouble with it. Probably just teach it to Dan. Dan's better with that kind of stuff. But I was proud of how that turned out. Um... Lyrically, so we, let's see, when was this? This would have been that... I think we did approach this knowing that it was going to be the opening credits. I think so. We, like, we should probably say that, we, like, we approached this album with, um, a very, like, wanting it to be a, like, like a very cinematic mindset. Yeah. And so, um, I don't know, we got, we got old school Tarantino vibes of, like, I, or at least I do, like, images in my head of... Taosam being the opening credits to mm-hmm. the movie that is uh, based upon 2020. Yeah, and um, our kind of experiences in it. So there are some very broad global concept songs and then more uh, personal songs. But lyrically, the gist of this song is introducing a character that will be then going through basically the hell that is a, um, a parallel to 2020. But so if there aren't, um, like one-to-one comparisons with our songs and, uh, maybe there are a couple the events of 2020, but it is definitely a soundtrack to a parallel universe mm-hmm. where these events uh, are happening. And, but it, uh, but yeah, track one is the, uh, 
introduction to the story kind of and the kind of analogy that I like to use is um, King starts a battle um, starts a war rather goes off leaves his family and his land behind and then when he comes back realizes that the war that he started has beat him home and destroyed everything and then kind of the line about like uh, save your tears um, meaning you know if uh, this begin that's the beginning of the story like you have no idea what's in store for the rest of your year if you know in late february all the tours and shows and stuff got canceled <laughs> like 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 for us yeah. specifically yeah 2020 started off as a year that we had all kinds of tours and stuff uh, booked and big shows just put out a just put out an ep yeah just put out an ep that we had done we waited a year th- three runs yeah um, to release and then to think how bummed we were in february at the end of february when we found out that everything would be canceled and shut down and then to then jump to june when way more important devastating things are happening in the world yeah. besides we don't get to play music for a while like yeah. it was just so that's basically the <laughs> the gist of this song looking back at the beginning of the year let's say you're looking like let's say we're talking to ourselves in the story it's like don't don't get sad yet yeah. because <laughs> oh you don't even know yeah um that's a long-winded way of saying it but that's kind of how the the album starts and i think i think that pretty much covers it i'm yeah. going to edit this down we're at about an hour about a few minutes short of an hour what else well i think we got some really great stuff <laughs> Is there anything else, uh, any other notes? Drum wise, I was going to say the, the specs on all the stuff that we used. Baritone. Yeah, I recorded all the guitar on baritone. That's not true. I used it for the bulk of the guitar. I ended up using, um, I think, uh, probably Dan's Les Paul for the solo. I think I did. Fine. I could be tripping, but I thought you used a Telecaster. Ooh, maybe I did. It does have that kind of high-end... Yeah. I think that was the that, only time a Telecaster was used on this record. Yeah, because we used it on another song and ended up retracking the whole thing because it didn't work. Because um, it wasn't the vibe. Yeah. So, yeah, that makes sense that I would have used a Fender on that. Um, Brian had to buy, like, five or... S- I think five-string uh, bass strings so he could take the low string off the low two strings off of his bass yeah and then put the fifth and fourth string in the fourth and third string spot so he could hit those lows and it shows and it shows um did you tune any drums down i remember that was a thing that we talked about doing um no not really i mean we as far as the toms go not really um but the snare definitely yeah Yeah, we were very um We were very particular about the snare tone we wanted for this um, song. And uh, we used uh, Black Beauty. So that was really cool. And Ooh, it yeah, that's right. made it really easy because it's hard to make those things sound bad, <laughs> um, especially when you smack them real good. So. That was fun, too. Yeah. And then just, I just used big cymbals. 
which I don't know that I'm going to be doing in the near future. Um, just because that's always what I've done, because I the people I idolized did it, and it's cool. Um, but uh, yeah, so like twenty inch crash, twenty one inch crash, twenty two inch ride. Um, Hi hats are like standard though, but it's all Zildjian A series. Um, but yeah, if anyone cares, that's what's that's what you're hearing. Yeah, and it's different from song to song on the record because. We d- did it in uh, spurts. So, Gross. Well, really, the snare was... Well, I mean, just in general, you know, how we felt, yeah. the the, t- the setup, you know, the setting up every time and the, the tuning setup and everything, it's always going to sound a little bit different. But yep. we did use a, a few different snares. Um, yep, my all of my vocals were doubled. I'm, I'm sure you could hear that in the isolated vocals um the solo i remember just having a stack of pedals there's like yeah there was a flange there was a weird uh fuzz that uh will likes that works about half the time you have to like baby it hold it just right to get it to yeah even make the right sound but when it works it's great um so yeah that's taos hum uh if you haven't heard it None of this means anything, but it's streaming now, so check that out. And when we post this, maybe let us know what uh, other song you'd like, new or old. I don't care. I had to probably do some digging to do, like, old stuff, but it'd be fun. Cool. Thanks for listening. Yeah. And subscribing to Patreon. Tell a friend about it. Tell a music nerd friend. Tell somebody that you think would hear this and be like, those guys have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> ask them to come to youth group. Yeah. Uh, ask a stranger if they died right now where they'd go. Have you thought about that today? <laughs>